Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Boiled. Nothing personal word of the day. It is Thursday, December 16th, 2021. Boiled is the word. And wouldn't you know it, Urban Oscar Meyer has been cooked. Like an Oscar Meyer beef hot dog put in a bunch of boiling water, which you're supposed to only make pasta in. You put the hot dogs in. And all of a sudden, that's it. He's done. Overnight, while you were sleeping, Sandra Bullock, Urban Meyer got canned, packaged, and sent away by the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've been talking about this man since he got hired, wondering would he be the savior to this franchise. He had more missteps than, I'm trying to think of a worse hiring. Let's see if we can think of that. But there's no Coca today. He's still in Europe. We spoke to him yesterday during the show. Mikey is otherwise indisposed. So coming off the bench is the star of CBS podcasting. We've got Debo here. You can just call him Debo. And do you, th- do you know what I'm thinking of right now? Because I can't. I'm trying to think of the coach who was hired and would be known as the biggest disaster. Someone who just got fired so quickly I can't even count Carlos Beltran with the Mets because he didn't coach at all, and that's not a disaster. Someone who would last like 10 games. Anyway, I can't think of it, but it doesn't matter because now it's been supplanted. Urban Meyer is the greatest coaching disaster hire in the history of sports, and that's not hyperbole, folks. When you're brought in to save a franchise, forget win. Forget a Super Bowl. You're brought in to save that franchise. And from minute one, you hire someone in the training program who then you have to fire. You have problems connecting with your clubhouse. You call out your coaches. And we said on Nothing Personal earlier this week, we had to wait to see that he's not going to make it. Remember, way back in the day when he was first around, I think back in August, We had to wait to see that Urban Meyer would not make it past three years of his six-year deal, which would have made it a bad hiring. I get a yes for that wait to see, which is when we revisit something that we've said, and either we're right or we're wrong. I guess I'm right. He didn't last three years. But this week alone, I said that he wouldn't make the season because their owner, Khan, I was going to say Shaka Khan. I don't know why that's in my head. I feel for you. I don't feel for Khan. He said that we're going to evaluate and we're going to do what's right by the fans. Go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes this week. And I went into detail about why Khan was not going about this the right way. And then something happened yesterday 
and it was the inflection point. It was the part on the teeter-totter where it goes all the way to one end and then it's really easy to dismount. Have you ever been on a seesaw and you wait for your feet to be completely on the ground and your knees to be up at your chest and then you lift your leg over the seesaw because that's the best way? Sometimes it's only hovering above the ground and you sort of have to jump off and that comes with a little risk. Well, no, not calm with the Jaguars. He waited for that teeter-totter to be on the bottom and he put it there. Word came out yesterday after all the other stuff that Urban Oscar Meyer's done from being at a nightclub and sort of potentially fondling a young woman to the bad decisions to losing the clubhouse to Trevor Lawrence yesterday coming out. Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick, the guy who's now lost more games with Jacksonville than he did in his entire high school and college career. He came out with some quotes that were purposeful. He said, you're always going to have some form of drama. This is before Meyer had been fired, but after it came out about his assistant coaches and calling them losers. You're always going to have some form of drama Lawrence said, I've learned that the NFL is just more drama in general than college, no matter where you're at. But you're right, there's been a lot. You just got to go play football. That's what we're trying to get, and I have no doubt we'll get there, but for sure it has to change. When you own a team and you've got a player who you is a franchise player, and you know very well that in any tug of war, if, tr- if your franchise player is not getting along with a manager, a coach, another player, a general manager, nine and a half times out of 10, you're going with the franchise player. The half is that sometimes you choose the GM and you get rid of the player, but you do not choose your coach and you do not choose another player because you've made your bed with your number one pick and you cannot admit failure with a pick like Trevor Lawrence. It's sort of like the Dolphins with Tua, right? They're not going to admit failure and now they get to put out releases that the Dolphins are playing better. He's having a great statistical year. We're always giving information to the public that will help you and lead you to feel better about the decisions that we've made as a front office. That's the, one of the main purposes of our communications. It's to help you help me feel better about me. God, that sounds so selfish, but it's so true. So Trevor Lawrence, obviously something has to give in Jacksonville. The owner is monitoring. He's watching the seesaw. He's aware of Trevor Lawrence's comments. I'd like to believe he's aware of them before they're made. It's possible he wasn't. If you see your star player have comments like that and you weren't aware they were happening, you call your player immediately and have a conversation immediately. And you sit down and talk about why those types of quotes are not helpful to the organization. I've had that conversation with players numerous times, sometimes too late, sometimes not. You're trying to limit the distractions. You're trying to limit the drama exactly as Trevor Lawrence said. But when you're Trevor Lawrence and you talk about the drama, you are adding lighter fluid to an already explosive situation. So then the Jaguars are saying, all right, we can get through Trevor Lawrence. I guess we're okay. Yeah, we're really going to have to fire Urban though, aren't we? When's the best time to do it? Ah, I have an idea. 
let's leak some information about something else he did that will be so out of control that that will bring the teeter-totter all the way to the bottom. It will make the dismount so easy that anyone could do it with nary a scrape of the knee or neosporin necessary. We will not keep J&J in business by buying a Band-Aid. We are going to leak that Urban Meyer kicked a player, physically abused a kicker who's no longer on the team. And once we do that, that will be the straw that broke the camel's back. What a weird expression. I just had that in my head. What does that mean? That means that camels can carry a lot of stuff, but sometimes you put one extra piece of straw and then what, the camel like collapses? It falls on itself? Is that like the piece of clothing that always can fit into your drawer, like the extra pair of underwear, I can fit that, or the extra pair of socks, and then one time you put one extra in and the drawer can't close? Is that the underwear that broke the drawer's back? That has never happened, right? A, it would never happen to me because my drawer is immaculate and totally organized with the exact right number of items of clothing that can fit in a particular drawer. But I know you know what I'm talking about when you can open a suitcase and just squeeze one more item in. Is that the straw that broke the camel's back? Urban Meyer kicking a player? Jacksonville would like you to believe that's the case. Their drawer was full. They couldn't fit in one more allegation against UOM. That's Urban Oscar Meyer, for those of you new to the show. And judging by what Debo sends to me all the time, we do have new people coming. Thank you, by the way. That was it. You can't kick a player. Like, that's the biggest abuse that's gone on between coaches and players. Coaches kick players' asses all the time. Sometimes, actually, the number of coaches who are, don't have physical contact, and I don't mean inappropriate contact, although maybe I guess you can't do that anymore. Maybe in today's world, there's no patting any player on the back or putting a hand on a player's shoulder, trying to explain to a player what they did wrong and helping them learn. Giving them the metaphorical kick in the ass, I guess, is better than the regular one. So the Jaguars said to themselves, we only have one way out of this. We have to make it so not one person will say that we had any other choice but to fire UOM. So word comes out about the kicking. Hours pass, and after midnight Eastern time, the Jaguars fire Meyer. How does that happen? In the old days, you wait to fire someone after the deadline because then it doesn't make tomorrow's paper and it gives you a chance to control the message. These days, it's a 24-hour news cycle and you simply look disorganized. You're putting out a statement. My view of middle-of-the-night statements was the following. It is only when you are caught on your heels and you've got something to hide. There is nothing that can't wait till the morning and have it look as though that was your plan. Because while the Jaguars did want to put the final straw on his back, you can do that and then have an organized announcement, a press conference, because you don't do it through a statement and the Jaguars did it through a statement. You do it with a press conference where you face your fans and you do an immediate mea culpa. 
instead of a statement saying that from the owner that Urban said he was going to change after his incident. He said that he was going to earn back the trust and respect of the team and the teammates and the fans and the city and the community, blah, blah, blah. I guess he didn't do any of that. Really? You just discovered that now? Mr. Khan, you're a liar. You know very well that you were going to fire him. And you know that you were advised that in order to save as much money as possible, doing an in-season firing for cause and threatening that of Urban would be the best way to not pay him out. But you also know that there's going to be a lawsuit. You also know that there's going to be a grievance. Because if you don't have an agreement in place with Urban prior to letting him go in the middle of the night, then he's going to say, you terminated me without cause? No problem. Pay me my money. The evidence that you did it with cause is not emboldened by announcing it in the middle of the night. And front offices tend to make that mistake more often than they don't. They tend to think that if you are reactionary and you prove that reaction by doing it in the middle of the night, that that is somehow going to be dispositive in deciding whether or not you're going to have to pay out on a contract. Unfortunately, it only makes you look bad. It doesn't help your legal standing whatsoever. So the way this ends is Jacksonville has to do a coaching search. They're going to have an interim person for the rest of the season. They'll do another coaching search. They'll stand up and they will again announce at a press conference with the owner that they have found the right man at the right time to read the, to to lead this team, that finally the Jaguars will be in a position where they rightfully want to be for their fans, both in Jacksonville and London. And the question is, is your level of cynicism enough that having listened to nothing personal for 504 episodes, that it is a cycle that is destined to repeat itself because the problem was never Doug or Gus or Tom, or Urban. The problem is with the front office and with the ownership who doesn't know how to not just hire, but actually allow people who are hired to do their job. The theory was Urban would be allowed to do everything. He was going to be in charge. He was like Bill Parcells or Bill Belichick. He was going to be left alone. They did their homework. It was a very significant courting that they did because he wasn't working at the time. You remember when Urban was hired? So they had time to really get to know him and really make it a fit. That's not how it actually happens. There is no amount of swiping right or swiping left that takes place when you are looking for someone to take over a failing franchise. You are looking for curating. You are looking for legitimacy. You are looking to be able to say, I know that it hasn't worked, but starting today, it will work because look at this. Look at what he's done. Look at now. Everybody wants to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. Insert whatever team name you want. And then you realize at the end, it was never about that. It was never about the press conference announcing the hiring or never about the excitement. It wasn't even about getting Trevor Lawrence with the number one pick and tanking and getting the first pick and then signing the greatest quarterback to come along since Johnny Unitas. Oh man, that ages me. Let's not, since Tom Brady, let's do that. I don't know why Johnny Unitas was just in my head. 
Debo. I, I literally don't know why I'd be thinking of Johnny Unitas when I'm thinking of great quarterback, great quarterbacks. I think you just start with Brady and end the conversation. Though for me, I'm going to say Phil Simms because he won the Super Bowl for me. But anyway, so you bring in the best quarterback ever, who may not be, and you assume that that's it. Season ticket holders will be happy. Corporate sponsors will be happy. People in London will be happy, so the NFL will be happy. And then you watch it get chipped away. And I remember this feeling with Ozzie Guillen. I remember this feeling with many of the managers I had where we had a plan and little things are happening, some of them behind the scenes, some of them not, where the plan is being chipped away like Rodin would make a beautiful sculpture out of a piece of marble. You chip it away. You begin to see what it may look like, but then it chips away more and more And then you say, oh no, oh my God, that's not what I envisioned. I screwed it up. Here's what I'll do. I'm going to double down on my screw and I'm going to announce it after midnight. (sighs) What's going to be next for them? That's what I'd like to know. Who do we think is going to be hired? I got some names. I think, should we do it? Should we give a top five list in honor of Levitard's birthday? Today's Dan Levitard's birthday, by the way. Happy birthday. I'm going to do a top five list of people who I think Khan is going to go after as next coach. And this is going to shock you because at number one, it's Bill Belichick. Now, just think about this for a minute. Bill Belichick is separated from Tom Brady. Tom Brady leaves the Patriots and goes and wins the Super Bowl with Tampa. Belichick stays in New England, has turned them around, has a chance to win a Super Bowl again, but won't. When he doesn't win a Super Bowl, he's going to have something missing in his life. What's missing in his life is taking another team without Tom Brady to a Super Bowl so he can match what Tom Brady's done. My number one choice, and this guy is no picnic, but he's better than Urban Oscar Meyer, is Bill Belichick. Number two, what about going after a current head coach who is no longer having success, but has been around the block, has won a Super Bowl, and is going to be looking for a new challenge? Mike Tomlin, my number two choice. What do, what do these two have in common? Yes, experience. You are not bringing in a college coach. You are not hiring a first-timer like a Matt Patricia or a, the new coach of the Jets or any people from the coaching tree. Let me give you number three, same team. What would you pay to get Bill Cower out of the studio and to have him take over your franchise? What would you pay? Well, I can tell you that Mr. Khan, money's not an object. Bill Cowher is my number three choice. So you've seen, and by the way, you know, and Debo, this is your first show with me in a long time. I didn't even know I was going to do this. This wasn't in the rundown. There's no prompter. These are top of my head, and I love this top five. I'm delaying a little bit because I had in my mind that I was going to go Belichick, and then I thought of Tomlin, then I thought of Cowher. I'm trying to think who number four and number five would be. I don't have a four and five. Who do you have? You've been thinking about it. Oh, no way. No way. He's yelling in my ear, Leftwich. I know he's the offensive coordinator who's done a lot for Tampa. He's the one who illegally was practicing with Brady when Brady signed and they weren't supposed to be meeting. And yes, he did play for Jacksonville. Here's the one thing that Leftwich does not have. He hasn't won. He's not experienced as a head coach. I don't think Jacksonville can afford to bring on a coordinator. I just don't. I like it. We'll put him at number four just so you can remember that. 
And who do you want to put at five? It's your choice. All right, you want that? Louder, I can't hear you. Yes. Yeah, you have to unmute it. Josh McDaniels. All right. That's it. That I, I understand where you're going. He's like in that coaching tree with uh, Parcells and Belichick, right? All right. Fair enough. So I'm going experience in top three. I see that you're going no experience. Either way, would you agree from Roger Goodell's standpoint that Jacksonville has been such a colossal pain for the NFL that they are going to assist in getting this coaching hire correct? I would. Uh, Commissioners get involved in this more than you know. All right. Let me explain something else that's going on in football because Roger Goodell is having a tough time. We have... uh, you, you haven't been, I know you listen to the show, Debo, but remember in the beginning when CBS would get all upset, you know, don't say that about Roger Goodell. You have to be nice to him. He's our partner. The NFL, that is the teat that we suck from. We need it. Don't upset him. Well, they don't really call anymore because the numbers are such that I can say whatever I want and they're worried we're going to leave. But let me tell you something. Roger Goodell is struggling. The way he's handling covid is inexcusable. And now he's got his own union asking to be tested more than the NFL wants to test. The NFL has an outbreak. People are testing positive and under the protocols, they're going to be missing games. And as we're heading to the postseason, the NFL is stuck in the middle. I'm going back to the Tita What's the most dangerous part when you're on the seesaw? When you're in the middle and both people are, on the gr- are off the ground and nobody's feet are touching and you want to get your feet back on the ground and so one of you has to give, one of you doesn't. You know what I'm talking about. That's what's going on right now with the way the NFL is dealing with COVID. They're niche. They're neither here nor there. The reason why players want more testing, they want daily testing. They want to make sure that they are never required to be vaccinated, even though they're 98% vaccinated. They don't want to give up the right to not be vaccinated. And on top of that, the union wants to try to protect the sanctity of the performance of its players and its teams. Whereas the teams and the owners are trying to protect the games actually just being played. I've got the solution. Touched on it on Lebetard, but here is the solution for the NFL, how to get its feet on the ground regarding COVID. Eliminate all testing. And you know, I am not an anti-vaxxer. It's the opposite, actually. I am not to the right of Attila the Hun at all. You don't really know where I am politically, but I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much down the middle, I would say. So I guess now you do know. I mean, there's certain areas where I'm a little more left, there's certain areas where I'm a little more right. You've heard me talk about women's bodies and pro-choice. You know where I'm on that. Guns, you've heard me talk about. So I guess you can sort of have an idea where I am on certain issues, but maybe fiscally you don't know. But when it comes to COVID testing, I believe that the union should agree that a condition precedent for membership in the union and for walking into a football stadium is that you must be vaccinated. The definition of vaccination is not just one dose of J&J or two doses of Moderna or Pfizer. It includes the booster. You must be boosted. Then if you get sick, don't go to work. 
oh my God, it's epic. It's sort of like it's been since the beginning of time. If you feel like crap and you can't do your job, you stay home, you take a sick day, you take some medicine, and then you go back to work. If you don't feel sick, you're working. When you are vaccinated and boosted, the odds are you could test positive for COVID and not have any symptoms at all. Well, we're at the point now, not back in 20. We weren't at that point. Now the vaccine's available for free for anyone who wants it. If you don't want it, and I'll repeat myself and say it louder. If you want to drive in a car and not wear a seatbelt, I don't care. You go through the windshield and die, see you later. All you needed to do was wear a seatbelt. If you die of COVID because you get it bad and you don't get vaccinated when you're eligible to get vaccinated, sorry. If you have to wear a mask, wear a mask. The bottom line is that testing vaccinated people, it doesn't make sense anymore. And right now, leagues are so scared of their own shadows. They're so worried that they are not adjusting their protocols to the realities of the pandemic slash endemic that exists today. Totally different when people were fighting over each other to get vaccinated and there weren't enough. And I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers and being immunized or people who have some religious reason or they don't want to put it in their body. I don't care. If you don't want to be vaccinated, no problem. You can't play in the NFL. You can't work at your job. It's your choice, but start your own company and make your own rules. As the owner of a private company or president of a private company, I have the right to ask of my employees whatever I want within the Constitution and go ahead and go to this Supreme Court with the constitutional right to not be vaccinated. Even this unbelievably conservative Supreme Court will not give you that right. I promise you that. So the NFL is saying I can't go all the way like that, but I can't do daily testing because all the testing I'm doing daily is really just making everyone test positive because it's so contagious right now. And all these players then aren't available because we've got rules in place that if you test positive, you need a negative test within 24 hours, two tests within a 24 hour period. And sometimes when you test positive, you keep testing positive even when you feel fine. I think the end here with the NFL and with the NBA and then eventually with Major League Baseball is going to be an agreement with the union that requires vaccinations. And there will be rules in place for players who do not get vaccinations that they have to get the exemption. And if they don't get the exemption the way Aaron Rodgers did not, he will simply be ineligible to play. Seems easy. Do owners have the intestinal fortitude to have good players ineligible to play? Yeah, we do. We do. We have good players who do steroids. They become ineligible. They have to get suspended. There are rules that you simply cannot break if you want to play in professional sports. The fact that the union and the owners cannot get together and come to an agreement as we head into the postseason in football is staggering to me. But they're going to talk 
and they're going to do an in-agreement agreement. An in-agreement agreement is when you're in the middle of a collective bargaining agreement, and that literally means that that document is what governs your place of business. If it's not in the four corners of the collective bargaining agreement and you want to do something, you have to go back. There are rules about what has to be collectively bargained in the middle of a collectively bargained agreement. Any sort of change that would involve some sort of daily testing or any sort of change that involves some sort of change to mandatory vaccines, I assure you that that is going to be collectively bargained and it's going to happen soon. And the reason it's going to happen soon is that the NFL cannot continue. They cannot continue to do it the way they're doing it now. All right. I want to go to a break right now and I'm going to review a movie. And after the review, I want to talk about what happened with signing day, because there's a lot of confusion going on with what happened with the number one pick in the country or the number one recruit in the country who's going to Jackson State with Deion Sanders. I want to talk to you about what's going on there. When we come back, we're going to review the power of the dog. So stick with us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name's David Sampson. Thanks for being here. Thanks for rating, reviewing, following, all the things you do, telling your friends about Nothing Personal, going to the YouTube channel, Nothing Personal with David Sampson. We keep breaking records and getting new listeners and making Debo and Mikey and Coca happy and CBS and Port and EK and everybody else. Keep going, folks. Thank you. All right, I watch a movie a day. You know that. And now there's so many good movies out there to watch. I watched The Power of the Dog with Benedict Cumberbatch, who was nominated for Best Actor, Golden Globe. Maybe Critics' Choice too, Debo, I can't remember. You had Kirsten Dunst, one of my favorites from Elizabethtown, nominated for Supporting Actress. It's a movie, very interesting, about a long, long time, long, long time ago, I remember when, what song is that? And that just reminded me, is that American Pie, Don McLean? I think it could be. Anyway, I digress. So this takes place in the early 1900s. And it is about two brothers. And it's got Jesse, help me here, Jesse Plemons. Is that the star of Power of the Dog? Kirsten Dunst's real life husband, who's also is in Breaking Bad. I think his name is Jesse Plemons. It is Plemons. Thank you. Okay. So these brothers, Jesse and Benedict, are trying to figure out the best way to accomplish something in their lives, and they do it from two totally different vantage points. But it turns out 
that there is something going on within the family that is far darker and more serious and more interesting. And it unravels during the course of the movie in a way that is so spectacular that you are sitting there on the couch watching. You believe you know what's coming and then you don't, and not in a suspense way or in a horror way or in a drama way. You're doing it in a way that you are saying, wow, this woman, Jane Campion can direct And this piece of writing is so phenomenal that you just want the next scene to happen. And then when the movie ends, you look back and you look at the development of the movie from start to finish. It's like when you finish a crossword puzzle and you go back and you look and you say, oh, look at the way that the writer of that crossword puzzle put it together. It's so good. That's the power of the dog. Now, if you can tell me at David P. Sampson on Twitter why it's called the power of the dog, I'd like to know. I think there's a dog in it, and I know that they it is referred to in the movie, and it's sort of that aha time when you say, oh, that's why it's the title, but I didn't get it. So maybe you'll watch the movie and explain it to me. You should watch it. I don't think Cumberbatch wins. I don't think Dunst wins, and I don't think it wins for Best Picture, but it's going to get nominated across the board, and it is worthy of your time. It's called Power of the Dog. Okay. Before we get into the next topic, I want to explain what you're reading today. And what you're reading is all about players. And these are kids, high school players who decide where they want to play college football. These are 18-year-olds, and they are live on CBS Sports HQ or on ESPN or whatever other channel. And they are coming out with these huge decisions. I am taking my talents to Alabama or I am taking my talents to Arkansas, Miami, whatever the case may be. Pick a school. There's how many Division I schools? Like 110 Division I schools. I made that up. There may be 130, however many there are. It doesn't matter. Well, yesterday, the lead story was that Deion Sanders, the new coach at Jackson State, has found a way to pull the coup of the century and got the number one recruit to not go to FSU, but instead to go to Jackson State. And everyone was aghast. Here's a newsflash, folks. There should be no more surprises about where players go play because they all have representatives and they're all going to the team that gives them the most money. The irony of what name, image, and likeness has done, the immediate result for NIL, has been the granting of free agency to kids in a way that professional players don't get as union members and as part of a collectively bargained agreement. Staggering, isn't it? Can you imagine being in high school? You're at your senior prom. You put on the blue powder tux and you're dancing with someone and you're hoping you get lucky. You're thinking to yourself how great it is You have a chance to be rich and famous. All you got to do is get through college, maybe spend a couple years, get drafted. You feel good about your chances. And all of a sudden, a week later, there's a knock at your door. Hi, my name is Dr. John Cocktoston, and I'm here to tell you that I want you to come to my school. What school is that? Jackson State? Oh, yeah. And... We will give you $2 million. Plus, you'll have a car deal. 
your family will have a home deal. And I can tell you that you're not going to get that anywhere else. Thank you so much. I'll be back to you. Hey, Jerry Maguire, it's Kush here. What do you got for me? Any other schools? Can I do anything better? I got $2 million in the bag. That's called free agency. It's what baseball players do. They would call me and say, hey, I've got 448. Dan Ogle, I've got 448. Are you going to beat that? No, that, that's all we got. All right, trade me. I'm going elsewhere. Jose Reyes. It doesn't matter. Carlos Correa is doing it right now, even though he's not signed. Those big deals like Corey Seager, who signed that ridiculous deal with the Rangers, he was a free agent. He earned it. He was still young, but he earned it by getting six years of service time. What have these high school players done to allow them and have the right that so many people have worked so hard to get? I'm just asking for a friend. When Congress passed and all of the rules have changed with NIL and the NCAA said, yeah, you're right, we got to pay players. And all of these analysts on CBS and everywhere else were saying, oh, we've got to pay players. It's so unfair that coaches make this much and universities make this much. We've got to pay these kids. Did you not think for a minute what the ripple effect was going to be? Or are you now going to say it's all good? These kids can handle it. They're kids. There's a reason why there's a minimum age requirement to be a professional. Because the majority of the time, it's not going to work out for you. You're going to be homeless on the street, out of money, drug addicted, and maybe dead. Well, that seems very harsh, David. That's all going to happen to these high school kids. No, it's not going to happen to all of them. But by giving them an amount of money that they shouldn't have at an early age, you are opening them up to people who are going to want to be close to them. There are people who are going to not, who are going to now know that they don't have to invest in the kid because he's getting the payments now. Oftentimes when agents are with kids, they try to take care of them because they know the payoff is going to be years down the line. The payoffs are now. There's going to be fraud. There's going to be malicious intent. There's going to be all sorts of things that are going on. What's my answer and my solution? How about this? Slotting and a draft. Sounds crazy, right? How could you make high school players go to a specific college? That's not fair. Well, think about it, folks. If you're a professional, you get drafted and you go to that organization. That's how it goes. If you don't get drafted, you're an unrestricted free agent, then you can go to any school or any team you want. But if you're drafted, that's your organization. There's nothing you can do. What do you get in return? You are a professional. You're part of a union once you become on the 40-man roster. Do you not see where this is going, folks? It's going where high school players are going to be entering the professional ranks, and that will be college. When you are paid to do a job, newsflash, you're a professional. When there is a pool of talent that needs to be distributed amongst a group of stores, companies, teams, there's something called a draft. I'm in. Let's do a high school draft. Make the colleges hire scouts. Go out there. What happens when there's a high school draft? Yep, there's going to be a lot of this. Hey, don't draft me. 
you better not draft me because I'm not going to your school. I've got to deal with this school, and they don't have the they they pick number 52, but I got a deal already. Don't draft me. They're giving me way more. That's what happens in the sports in baseball. So what do you do? Basketball, it happens. What do you do? You start with slotting. Because then that addresses the issue of don't draft me. I ain't playing for you. I don't like that I speak that way. Don't cut that. Ready? 4, 8, 69. Don't draft me. I'm not playing for you. So all that we are now seeing is everything that you know and love that exists in your professional sports teams will now exist in the college arena. And once it exists in the college arena, what is the exact difference between college football and pro football? Skill? Talent? Nope. It's the number of players who don't have the skill and the talent. And what does that sound like to you? Wait for it. Oh my God. It's a minor league team. That's what college football is now. It is the minor league teams for the NFL. Therefore, the way players get into the minor leagues is through the draft. Everyone's all shocked. Deion Sanders did it. Mario Cristobal is the hero in Miami. The best signing period. We rank them like on HQ. They spend an hour, a day, a week, a month ranking the classes, doing who's going where and who had the best signing period. Give me a break. Why don't we just, why don't we just honest? Be honest with everyone. It gives great content to these platforms, right? Live, we will have the big reveal for this player. Join us. Now we can just cover the draft of the high schoolers. All right. Ooh, I know what I want to do now. I want to do a Major League Baseball lockout update. Now, you know what my updates have been. So here it is. Get ready. Don't hang up. The lockout update is... There's an actual update today. Word came out from a source that there was going to be no negotiation of core economic issues until after the new year. Oh, that is mind-numbing, knee-buckling, breaking news on nothing personal. As your sports business analyst, I can tell you, of course there's no core economic issues being discussed before the start of the new year. Do you know why? Let me check the phone. Ah, it is December 16th. We're nine days from Santa jumping down the chimney. We are approximately 15 days from New Year's Eve. Major League Baseball goes into shutdown the last two weeks of December. Shutdown, not lockdown, shutdown. No one's having meetings. No one is doing anything. How about your own business? Do you agree that that's how it works in your own business? You say, hey, let's, you're at the period now, December, mid-December, where you get to say, you know what? We'll do that after the holidays. We'll have that meeting after the new year. It's appropriate now. You don't say that like in November. In November, you say, hey, let's do it after Thanksgiving. And then after Thanksgiving, you've got a little window to get stuff done. And then you say, no, let's deal with it after Christmas. Right? There's these windows that we get to use as excuses to delay things that we have to do. Some months have no windows, like July 4th. Oh, let's do it after the 4th. Memorial Day, we'll do it after Memorial Day. Labor Day. There's a bunch of windows. President's Day, wait for it. What months don't have that? That's what separates people from get stuff done and people who don't, right? There's always an excuse to not do work. There's an excuse to kick something down the road. 
when you are having a disagreement over economic issues and you know very well that it is not going to be solved quickly, you just say, yeah, we'll deal with it later. When after the new year, when we have to, that's the lockout update. Pretty epic, right? All right, nothing personal pick of the day. I had the Sixers minus five and a half over the Heat. The Sixers won by 70 points against the Heat yesterday. So good without Ben Simmons. Joel Embiid was amazing. Doc Rivers did a perfect job of coaching, and the Heat did not get a good performance from some no-name named Gabriel Kaplan. Welcome back, Cotter. God, we screwed that one up, didn't we? Yep, the Sixers lost to the Heat. We're 167 and 150. We are 17 games over. Not bad. I got three picks for you because there's no show tomorrow. Yes, we're actually, it's not even, there's no mailbag. The show is going to be dark. I feel as though when I said this to Coca, who's in Europe, and I said it to Debo, I said, if the show is dark tomorrow, is everyone going to disappear? Like, will that be it? All of a sudden, the RSS feed won't be worth what I think it's worth as we're shopping it. Like, is that how it's going to happen? And everyone said, you don't take a day off, David. What's wrong with you? It's December. I said, all right, I'm going to take some time. So tomorrow, there's no show. So I'm giving you picks for Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, all NFL picks. Let's start with Thursday. I'm going to watch the Chiefs game. How do you not watch it tonight? The Chiefs are playing the Chargers. They're only three-point favorites. The Chiefs have become what they were supposed to be, and it's not really all Patrick Mahomes related. The Chiefs' defense is unbelievable. With a defense like that and offense the way they sort of can be, should be, and will be under Patrick, they're back to really being the, oh, I'm going to go full circle here. Wait for it. Full circle. The Chiefs are the best team in the AFC, which leads me to believe they're going to make the Super Bowl, which leads me to believe the Patriots will not, which leads me to believe that Belichick will want to win a Super Bowl elsewhere, which leads me to believe that he could get $20 million a year and an ownership piece from the Jaguars. We got that show full circle. Anyway, Chiefs three over the Chargers. It's too few. I'm taking the Chiefs. Then we've got Saturday games that start tomorrow. It's the COVID game. The Browns are playing. They've got nobody. No Baker Mayfield. No Chester Mayfield. No Tom Brady. Jarvis Landry. Odell Beckham. Who else is on the Browns? Can't think of it. They've got 10, 18, 15, 22. Hike. Doesn't matter. They're getting points from the Las Vegas Grudenless Raiders. The Raiders who got so outplayed by the Chiefs stomping on their, on their logo and then they lost 48 to nine. What a disgrace, right? So the Browns are actually favored and even without Baker Chester, they're a better team. The Raiders were just overrated. I've got the Browns plus one and a half. That's for you, Mikey, but it is true. Browns plus one and a half. And now we get to finish on Sunday's game with the Urban Meyerless Jacksonville Jaguars with their interim coach. Oh, they're going to play hard for their coach. They're going to want it so badly, and they're playing the worst team in football. They're playing the Texans without Deshaun Watson, of course. Both teams have won two games. It's a game you're not going to watch unless you bet on it. The Jaguars are favored by three and a half points over the Texans. Oh my God, of course we're taking the Texans. The Jaguars stink. Texans plus three and a half to win their third game. Jaguars will not recover from Urban Oscar Myers firing. 
and there's nothing to recover from. Thursday, Chiefs. Saturday, Browns. Sunday, Texans. That is the show. Remember, folks, whether you own a team, president of a team, or just a fan of a team, it's just business. This is nothing personal. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.